Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Swing, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. We have a returning guest to the pod today. Uh, please give a warm welcome to writer and critic Julia Gray. Hey, Drew. I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy you're here. And especially, I mean, this is a big week to come back to the pod, too. Like It is a big week. Possibly the cultural event of the year has just dropped. It has indeed. And I'm... I'm sad I'm not ringing my alarm bells for it. I'm sad that's not my topic, but I, we, we are speaking of Beyonce Renaissance, of course. Yeah, a I, Titanic achievement. Landmark album, I really loved it. Yeah, and so, I mean, spoilers for like future episodes, we will be covering this album in greater depth in the next episode of this podcast. But it's also, we're recording this like three days after the album dropped. Like I've listened to it a ton, but I feel like I still need to sit with it a little bit more too. Me too. I think I do it just about every day since it's come out. Yeah. Um, today I was uh, busy doing homework for my topic, but mm-hmm. I, as a palate cleanser, I, I put on some Beyonce. Yeah. It, a much needed palette cleanser. Yes. Um, oh, I think it's it's incredible. I did a tweet that was kind of poking fun at it. I said it was like a data-driven algorithmic album. Mm-hmm. But I I mean she's pandering, but I think it's working and I think it's amazing. It's, and it's still inspired. It's even though it's informed by focus groups, it's still inspired. She she definitely <laughs> has a genuine love and appreciation for the kind of music that she's pulling from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like all the tributes that she's posted on social media, to, like this album is dedicated to her uncle Johnny, who passed away from HIV related complications in like the early, like late 90s, early 2000s, I think the timeline was. But like it just, it feels very like sincere and like, everything she does is very like tested and like honed of course but I don't I don't know I've never felt pandered to really by her that's also I mean I I just think at, at this point in her career like her her work is touched by so many people there's so many yeah. hands and it can't they're gonna put something out that is um not going to sound totally authentically genuinely Beyonce to me at least I mean it her voice and her her touch is definitely there but it it, yeah I I can agree with you to an extent on that point I like she definitely she has a lot of hands in the kitchen and she has across all of her albums and this album is definitely a very big like sonic pivot for her from Lemonade Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I'm just gonna use one track as like a microcosm, like on All Up in Your Mind, which is the AG Cook. It's yeah, it's one of my two favorites too, with Summer Renaissance. So like, 
I was shocked how well she was able to integrate the PC music aesthetic into her own like Beyonce sound. Like it sounds like a PC music track, but it also sounds like something that could have been like in one of like the sparer parts of like self-titled. I, that's a really good point. She really, she melts into it. And I think it, she, everything about it, she really, she, she gets it. Yeah. I, I, it's not for a lack of uh, understanding and really like embodying her influences. I think, I think she really knows what, she knows what she's doing. She's Beyonce. And she has, she definitely has her finger on the pulse. Like this is, there was, there was some critique online about like how we don't need escapist music right now with all that's going on in the world. What? But like, I think that's so stupid because like artists do not have like an obligation to be like, what are people saying? A vessel for political activism and yeah. morality. Like, I don't want to name the writer, but like a very, sure. a fairly popular culture writer tweeted that she did not want this album to be what it was because she wants like a protest album from no, Beyonce. No, thank you. Which I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like we kind of, uh, we did that, you know, I, we, we heard pop artists trying to do protest yeah. music for the past, like, I want to say five years. And I feel like people are tired of it. I don't think, I don't think there's been that much like genuine protest music since the 60s. I'll be honest. Like maybe no, that's a reductive critique, but like it definitely, yeah, it, everything since then has had like a fair bit of cynicism, but I think the best like parallel for what Beyonce is doing on this, like it is escapist, but it's also very like, and we'll get into another album that's very much this in a way too, but like very affirmative, like positively affirmative. Yes. Um, but like celebrating a marginalized community, like specifically this one, like black queer people. And mm-hmm. the same way that like 90s house music was like, uh, like a celebration of that same thing too. Like she's just refiguring that for, an, or reconfiguring that for a new decade and I think that's cool yeah that's really really cool like I don't know I I just I'm also a stand like I'm not in the beehive like I'm not going to be like um sending like the cops to your house for listening (laughs) to leak but like she'd have to do a lot to like get me to not be a fan at this point I think honestly me too and um yeah I think the album's just fantastic and I do think we want escapism Oh yeah, definitely. No, I'm, uh, I, especially in pop music, like I'm so tired of, and I think like Billie Eilish is a very talented person, but like that kind of like moody, soft, acoustic wallowing, it's just so never going to be like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. and and then I, I definitely don't want a, another, I, I don't think we need a protest album. I don't think that's her job. No, it's not. Like, she's done enough, um, like, anthemic sloganeering in her career. And I mean that in the least, like, derogatory way possible. Like, no, she sense. she literally, like, there is a before I woke up like this and an after I woke up like this good. moment. Nice. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. She's always been very good about, like, 
And okay, oh god, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna have we're to say this to for later that. in the week too, but like I'll just leave this at this point. Like she's always been very good at like memifying herself in a very smart, canny way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's that, I guess. Okay. That. For the next for more on that, listen to the next episode. Um so we are going to play our first segment. Julia, you know how this works, but for those who are not familiar with the podcast yet, we're going to play Go Call the Governor. So I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you're mm-hmm. going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. No wrong answers here, but okay. your choice is binary. <laughs> Does the governor need to be called or not? Okay. And to, to just to clarify, when we're calling the governor, we're, um, we're saying this is, this is a negative thing. Yes, to quote okay. Beyonce, we're we're ringing the alarm <laughs> in a sense. So, Ooh, for your next episode, for the Beyonce episode, you should rename the game "Ring the Alarm." You know, I've been thinking about. So, this segment is very confusing for people in general, and I feel like after seventy, this is the seventy third episode of this podcast. After seventy three episodes, I think it may be time to officially change this to "Ring the Alarm." I think it it fits. It fits your podcast title. It fits the theme. I think about it. I, I like. I like both options, but I think you've made a really good point that ring the alarm does make the. It does fit. The theme of this podcast, yes. the very very loose theme of this podcast, better. <laughs> Great. It's nice to know that after 73 episodes of this still, this is like a living beast. Like this, this can be workshopped at any given time. So um, it's an organism. History was made today. We have officially, we're transitioning this over. I think it's just a better idea. So, all right. Okay. We're playing ring the alarm. So ring the alarm if something needs to be wrong. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. I have my alarm bell ready. All right, first topic. Shakira is facing eight years in prison for tax evasion. Does the governor need to be called? How many years? Eight, which is crazy eight in to read. prison? In prison, <laughs> in Spanish prison, too. Not like she's she's getting in trouble. She's been in trouble for years, but like for whatever reason, like she's getting charged now for evading taxes. Okay. God, I have mixed feelings. Because, you know, rule of law she's she's not god yeah but eight years in prison. <laughs> oh yeah my god. I, okay i i think i think we're bringing the alarm um i think i think i need more details on this case but um you know i uh i don't support the carceral state <laughs> No, I don't in, in the US or any other state or no. nation state. So like I, what she has said is that Spain is not her primary residence. And she also has residences in uh, the US and Colombia. Uh-huh. So she didn't think that she had to pay taxes in Spain. Oh, Until God. recently, though, her I don't think they were ever officially married, but her like domestic partner. Uh-huh played for FC Barcelona and her kids are Spanish citizens. Okay. So this leads me to believe that the Sp- Spain has a case against Shakira. He- here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Shakira is not doing her own taxes. Like this is no. someone someone else her tax person needs to go to jail. <laughs> yeah. 
because it's not like she's she's definitely not bankrupt like i mean she's now single but like until pretty recently like gerard Piquet is one of the most famous spanish soccer players of all time and has made made like hundreds of millions of dollars like she's made hundreds of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. off of music like this does seem like a genuine error that's what i'm thinking it seems like an oversight but you I know, don't that, think she that needs can cost to. you. That's true. I just don't think she needs to evade taxes. She definitely <laughs> is not going to go to jail for this. Like, there's just no way. But I can't see it happening. She, I feel like she's going to have to pay, like, a fuck ton of money. Like, she's going to have to re-record, like, a new Waka Waka or something to uh-huh. get money from this. And I feel bad because she's great, but she's had a very hard year. Yeah. Between the dissolution of her relationship and, like, J-Lo being rude to her. And she got when attacked J-Lo's by boars. That, okay, that was the cherry on top. Yeah. I, so I, I think we're ringing the alarm bell. I think free Shakira. <laughs> free Shakira. <laughs> we, Shakira is loved party. Okay, mm-hmm. next scenario. And one I did tell you about in advance. Uh, Bradley Cooper's Cabana Boy photo shoot. Okay. That's the governor need to be called. Yes, immediately ringing the alarm. I can't tell... When we discussed this earlier, I asked, what is the cost? And you said, you have none. And that that's even more shocking. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he on set for a project? Is he, is he on set for uh, Barbie the movie as Ken's brunette best friend? Is this just his Aaron's outfit? Why does his hair look like that? Well, his hair always looks like that these days. Like he's going through kind of a floppy haired surfer kind of moment right now but like you're gonna do that you need a little more facial hair I'm looking at the photo right now I know he's it's definitely not for a movie because what he's been shooting is his like the stars born follow-up Leonard Bernstein biopic Mm -hmm. that he's like directing again and he's in like prosthetics an old age makeup and like he has like a gray hair wig for that so I think he's like trying to look like fresh and like I'm not Leonard Bernstein underneath all this but like 95% of people a don't know who that is and b don't know that you're even shooting a movie about him so like this was a very shocking look to debut out of nowhere it truly I I don't know I so there was a photo shoot around this look well, or is I it don't paparazzi? know because it's shot like he's on Sesame Street. Yes. Like it looks like a soundstage. <laughs> like it looks like a still of when a celebrity comes to Sesame Street and like poses with Big Bird. And that's like the promo for that that's episode. Exactly what we're looking at. But he's not with Big Bird and he's in like what appeared to me at first glance to be a pride tank top so I was just really confused by a lot of the things that were going maybe, on maybe maybe there's a secret project we don't know about because he does not he does not look normal he's definitely and I, I I say this with love he he's looking um facially refreshed oh oh absolutely yeah. absolutely um and just the uh weird sweat shorts kind I, of sagging. I think they're cargo pants 
Okay, worse. Um, like full, <laughs> full pant, not shorts, like full pants. Like oh my God. a tank top and pants look is never acceptable. I think tank tops really need to be used sparingly. I, I 100%, I, I, I really only, it's a workout thing and that's it for yes, me. Like, I, I would agree. There are a lot of, I mean, it's like a, it's a gay summer accessory. So like, I'm not trying to drag like the majority of my listeners here, but I just, <laughs> I really like, if you're going to wear a tank top, please wear it with shorts. Just, I, I'm begging, begging, right. begging you. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think if you want a tank top every now and again, okay. But I, sparingly. That's Brad, my, Bradley that's Cooper my is a father. He should not be looking like this. No, 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 he should not be looking like this. He looks like Benjamin Button or something. <laughs> he does. He's he, he's definitely he's. It is like very Steve Buscemi and Thirty Rock. Like, how, how do you do, fellow yes. kids? Like, but like the kid he's trying to appeal to was a kid in like two thousand one. Like, exactly. I'm yeah. trying to come up with some Benjamin Button fuckboy pun, but I it's not coming to me. Benjamin, no. <laughs> if you get it in the main segment, feel free to pause and we will <laughs> circle back. <laughs> okay, last topic fun. in one that I know you have talked about on your um, Spotify live show, mm-hmm. but one that I would like to talk about here in depth, the bear. Does the okay. need, or what, oh, ring, does the alarm need to be wrong? Good, good correction. I'll, think, I'll um, figure out a way to say that gracefully. Okay. So my first, the critical treatment of it, the media coverage, I think, I think we need to look inward and ring the alarm. It was, it was too much all at once. I'll say that. I, I wanted to resist the show because of just how much it was being talked about. It was, it was sensory overload, but I watched it and I don't know. It took me two episodes to get into it. At first I was just thinking, okay, everyone is yelling in a kitchen and this is not um, enjoyable for me, but mm-hmm. I ended up really liking it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think it's hard not to like. It's a very human show. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's hard not to like exactly. They've really, it's a good formula. And I, you know, the, the main guy is hot as everyone has um said on twitter so hot really Um, really got that nice sunken eye thing going on and finding out that he was five six wow really that kind of works for me it did for me too i was i was pleasantly surprised by that fact um i do i think everything about it is like very good except the writing is a little obvious yes um that's the big issue I think the acting is so good that it covers it up a lot, but a lot of, there are a lot of moments where, especially when with like the, the main two characters or like Richie and Carmi, the Iban Moss backrack and Jeremy Allen, my characters, they definitely do a lot of like tell not show. Yes, that is exactly. Like in it's spoil- a lot of talking how people don't actually talk. Yeah, like spoilers ahead for um the finale of the bear, but like while that seven minute soliloquy at the AA meeting was like very impressive on an acting level. And I think Jeremy Allen White deserves like an Emmy nom for this. Like he's very fantastic in the show. Like 
-hmm. it's so I do think it's like a little narratively cheap to talk at the like last episode like do this whole thing that just like shades in all the backstory like yeah we could you there's a more elegant way to do this that is a really good point yeah I no yeah the big explanatory scenes and like monologues I'm I don't really I don't go for those it is fun to watch a show as a Chicago resident though because yeah. I was just like oh yeah like I know what that <laughs> is I know where that is like I I know I mean like as a year a current New York resident I'm a former LA resident so this is not like a new sensation but it is like very it's like a it like it cheaply gets me every time it's fun <laughs> like, especially since like every show is about New York or LA it's fun yeah. when there's a show about um, a different city there should be more Chicago shows like it is a very cool city that lends itself well to like I don't know there's just a lot of like city flavor that I think like would shine in a show I don't watch any of those Chicago PD like Chicago fire ones and I didn't watch Shameless so I cannot like I know that they're out there but this right. was like a, a nice like refreshing thing for me and Iowa Debris is a star and she should get a lot she's more amazing best part yeah. of the show for me truly she's she's fantastic I, I, I agree I think she's the best part of the show is there any, are there any other like TV obsessions you have right now? Um, I really love the rehearsal. Okay. I, I think it's just so genius and hilarious. And I, I disagree with the, uh, everyone calling it unethical. Like that's, it's TV. <laughs> it's reality TV. Yeah. I, I think once you, and also, I haven't seen the rehearsals yet, so I'll just say this through like the lens of watching Nathan for you. Mm-hmm. It is reality TV directly targeted at people who almost never watch the kind of exploitative reality TV that I think it's it's not quite satirizing, but it's like a very mm-hmm. different flavor of exploitation. Fair. Yeah, I, I think Nathan for you had more of a feel just because it was like I targeting maybe the wrong word but it was about small businesses yeah um, and like small business owners and this is just random ass people who are volunteering to be on this show you know it's sort of like they have a lot of agency and Nathan isn't promising to help uh save their business he's do you want to be on the show (laughs) but also what's the difference between Nate like the concept of Nathan for you in something like, I don't know, like bar rescue or like mm-hmm. kitchen nightmares or something. Like it's the same kind of principle. Like mm-hmm. you're going in, you're like completely retrofitting this like business with like, you know, dubious ideas, but like under the guise of expertise, the only difference is like where uh, like something like a Gordon Ramsay show is going to be really abusive almost sure. to like the participants. Nathan for you is just doing something stupid yes essentially exactly it's, and like it's, what's more harmful you know I guess I don't know I I think something like uh bar rescue I'm sure said bars get a lot of business afterwards so you know 
who yeah. comes out on top, I guess. There, there's a novelty element to it that I think draws in customers, but I've read pieces that like a lot of the overhead changes and menu changes that these mm-hmm. bars make or like these restaurants make are not long-term financially feasible. It's the same thing, sure. like principle from like extreme home makeovers, like way mm-hmm. back in the day, like none of those families were able to like upkeep the giant like aquarium floor that like a ty pennington put in like right because that costs money like the your your money problems before the makeover don't just go away yeah the same same question i guess uh should be asked for queer eye yeah (laughs) though i feel like it's a little bit more financially feasible to keep buying like nice shirts printed button (laughs) bonobos bonobos it's reasonable and it's affordable and this podcast uh, is timelessly stylish yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should give me something yeah why I'm not? queer give me money exactly um, you did it for Los Tristas they they did they did yeah <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say about that um all right uh we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back is it summertime already Oh gosh, well it seems like a great time to give a gay man some money. You may not know this, but Crisis Twink has a listener support option. If you go to the show notes and click the link, you may be presented with the opportunity to donate a small monthly fee to help support operating costs. It can be as little or as astronomical as you want, but any amount is appreciated. If I could give you a smooch, I would, but I can't. So enjoy these dulcet tones instead, uh, dulcet tones that many have described as akin to a very warm hug. So please donate if you'd like. And we're back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Julia, what are you rushing to the ER today? Okay, I am a doctor and my patient is Lizzo. Um, I think Lizzo is what happens when the industry invests in someone as the face of a product rather than an artist. You know, this is nothing new, but Lizzo just seems like such a shining example of that in pop music. Yes. I, I need to stamp two big disclaimers in front of, before we get into the rest totally. of this discussion. I am a former employee of Warner Music Group. <laughs> who is Lizzo's label. So if any former coworkers or former like whatever are listening to this, I'm not knocking the label or her. And foremost, I am a former Lizzo fan, like big mm-hmm. fan. I've seen her like three or four times in concert. I mean, she's so. she's very talented and she's an, a great entertainer. Yeah. I so, will say that she she there's there are a lot of like talented things that she can do mm-hmm. and I don't think they're being properly applied right now so I I, I well, like, we're we're recording this on like two weeks out of her release of special her most release recent album what do you think oof I okay I have a few <laughs> comments First of all, I something I noticed while listening to the album is it's so boring that I sometimes forgot I was listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so off, off the top, just on a sonic level, pretty boring. Um, I thought it was just kind of infantilizing. Um, it's all about how we're these 
special individuals and you're different, but you're perfect. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe someone wants to hear that, but it's not, it's not me. That's not what I look for in music. <laughs> no, like, and this is now the second album in a row. Mm-hmm. That is almost entirely devoted to these like positive affirmational yeah. self-care bots, which I think I think Lizzo is making music that is reaching a lot of people. I like clearly she has the number one song in the country right now with about mm-hmm. damn time. Like it's it's just so like it's it's not very artistically interesting. No, that's what it comes down to. It's not yeah. interesting. Um she just it. I feel like she sounds like she's constantly selling us something and it's become more apparent with it, each new release and each major label release. Um, it's just this grading positivity, these like empty lyrics, you know, yeah. like we're all stars and therapy is bay. Buy my like, new underwear. One of the first lines of this this album is like, I just made a smoothie that's called healthy oh living my or whatever. God. I'm no, like, no. yeah, we are- I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> Wait, wait. I'm glad you wrote it. I like I, I have so many lyrics that we need to review. Um I've been twerking and making smoothies. It's called healing. That's way worse than what I thought it was. Uh, like just off dome. God. That's called healing. <laughs> like that's sort of the kind of the Lizzo formula right there. Like yes. reference to dancing, reference to self-care reference to like this like broader spiritual concept mm-hmm. which once again not a bad thing in a vacuum but like across 12 songs doing that same thing over and over and over again it's just like it really does not make for a very varied sonic experience like no it doesn't and it it's it sounds like each song is um they're all pump up songs yeah. and they're all their songs for uh, bachelorette parties and birthday parties and pride parades and yeah and instagram it, captions and weight watchers commercials and i have to single out and i think this is partially his problem more well it's a combination of two things like she's very clearly repeating a formula that got her the most commercial success of her career like she has this narrative that she was a quote unquote late bloomer like was in the industry for a long time before things started happening with a song by that point was like two and a half years old that got big with truth hurts but so she wants the hits again but now she's working with the same producer across every song ricky reed right who has trainers as well right right he's he's the man who (laughs) he's empowerment partially shepherded in megan trainer into the culture and he is essentially trainer fired lizzo Mm -hmm. and i find that very upsetting yeah i feel like lizzo has had interesting music yeah and I really I like when she makes club bangers I think there's there's a lot you can do with Lizzo and there's a lot Lizzo can do that's just she's just being used it feels like I mean she's laughing all the way to the bank so there are like uh, so I'm just looking at the track listing for like because I love you like her last Mm -hmm. album which was such a big hit like there's some genuinely interesting songs on this album that do like they're they're self-carry in a way but they also put a twist on it like truth hurts her biggest hit mm-hmm. is a little a little self-carry but like it also is a kiss-off song yeah. that genuinely has some 
fairly funny lyrics in it. Yeah, I think, I don't want to say that's Lizzo at her best, but that's yeah. present day Lizzo when it's working. Um, like the the one that I really like from that album, Tempo with Missy Elliott. That's, what, that's my yeah. favorite. That's and that's when that's I definitely that's slow it. or self-care too. Like mm-hmm. slow songs are for skinny hoes. Like, okay, right. like, you know, ignoring, I mean, that there are some implications there that are like, whatever, not very sure. body positive, <laughs> but like, like she's doing it as like a sexy club banger, not these like positive, like can't stop the feeling-y disco-y. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's also what it comes down to for me is um, the can't stop the feeling slash happy by Pharrell slash this, that whole kind of pop is really, uh, it's drains it's so my energy. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a list actually of, um, I was trying to come up with a genre for Lizzo. Um, so far I have empowerment pop, toxic positivity pop, capitalism <laughs> pop, product pop, Instagram pop, liberal Karen pop, pander pop, and better help online therapy pop. <laughs> Tag yourself. <laughs> I really like pander pop, honestly. Like, yeah. Remember, um, when Katy Perry debuted "Shame of the Rhythm" five years ago, and she was like, "This is my oh. new era of purposeful pop." And no. then it was like, it was just so <laughs> unsuccessful. I feel like Lizzo is doing purposeful pop, kind of. Yeah, but without saying it, you know, she she doesn't right. want you to know that. Well, she she says everything but personal pop like yes. <laughs> it's like she is she's selling something on everything and it's not like a bad thing to be sold but like it the just okay I just cannot do like 12 songs of identical disco with mm-hmm. song titles like everybody's gay oh that one is just I mean <laughs> my I thought that was the worst offender to me like as a gay so man too. I felt like pandered to in a way that just felt so weird and bad like a friend of the pod max julian ellie were talking about this mm-hmm. um we were talking about this on an episode a few weeks ago but when divas pop divas start explicitly pandering to their gay fan base mm-hmm. that's when things start going downhill a little bit that's interesting. And yeah, we, that's... we thought this was going to happen with Beyonce and Break My Soul, but obviously that did not come to pass. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That everybody's gay song. And then I, I looked at her, um, I was like, wait, is Lizzo gay? And on her Wikipedia page, it says her, what she said about it is, let's see. She said, I think she said something like, I personally don't ascribe to just one thing. That's why the colors are for, that's what the colors in the for so like she gave a non-answer <laughs> she gave a song lyric essentially like i'm not i'm i'm sure that's in another one of her songs like uh, it's it, it okay. is it is pander pop and like, um no one's making anyone come out but like no whatever. of course not. i mean me a little bit yeah I, oh. damn i had something to say i can't remember but what were some of the lyrics on this album that really got you? Because every single song, <laughs> and I, 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 I want to be a little positive here. Like there are exactly two songs on this that I genuinely like a lot. About Damn Time, I think is a great single. Sure. And it, To Be Loved, I Am Ready, I think is very good as well. It's just like every song has a commercial application. Like, yeah. ev- you know, it's, there was not one song that was thought about without a like, oh, this could go in a um, 
This could be used to sell, I don't know, yeah. pride merch. Or and a lot of it is like TikTok-y too. Like mm-hmm. I remember oh, back absolutely. in April and May in real time, you could watch about damn time seep its way into the platform because the first week it didn't debut very highly on the billboard hot 100 like it was sort of a soft flop for her but then once the dances started rolling in and the like feeling fussy in my balenciussi like those Uh little sound bites lend themselves so well to short form content and then it was just off to the races from there i and the thing is it's like with a major pop artist i don't you can't expect that not to be the case you know every single song on this album is a potential dance um, and to her credit, she's her lyrical sensibilities and her general music style make make her very well suited for that kind of pop stardom these days. And it's why she got so famous in the first place. Like, because she wrote "Truth Hurts" pre TikTok. Like, the, like, and "Good as Hell." Those are pre TikTok documents. Like, we were still in college when those songs were officially released. I was thinking she she does make a really good influencer. Yeah. I mean, she's she's hilarious. She's entertaining. So she really is almost the perfect kind of pop star for the moment because, she, of course, she's also very vocally talented, but she's also just... She's a funny person, too. Like, when yeah. she hosted SNL earlier this year, like, I'm still, sorry to say, like, a pretty essentially weekly SNL viewer, like, and she was... <laughs> far and away the funniest host they've had in like years like she's mm-hmm. just she is a very she's an entertainer I was in a time in which we do not have a lot of true entertainers right I mean we also don't have a lot of um true artists or we do but not that we're getting no. giving attention to you know she's also an Emmy nominee too as of recently like she has that reality show where she Back I don't know the exact one. front. Yeah. Oh yeah. Back of dancers. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Um, she's got she, her hands in so many projects. Yeah. Like, and she's I'm sure a, that shows she's a business good. woman. I'm sure it's cute and fun. And like, she's, she's basically doing RuPaul, like funny and very affirmative and like pop psychology. That's the thing. I, I, I wonder if her goal is just to be a, a celebrity, a personality, like, yeah. will she stop making music at some point? I, I, I don't know. I would love to see her like act a little bit more and stuff, maybe, I guess. Cause she, yeah. like, she's in Hustlers for a minute. Right. She was really, and she's funny. pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great on SNL. I, I mean, I don't know what else she's been in, but like, I like, I like her. I just Me too. really like, I mean, this album though is like kind of a, a train wreck of positivity. Oh, it's, I mean, you, you asked for the lyrics. So yeah. I have oh, to go please, them. please, please. Okay. Um, of course, we have don't need that energy, bitch. I'm a Tesla. So <laughs> okay. kind of something that means nothing. <laughs> no, because like cars need gas. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like and our electricity, like that is a crazy thing to say. Teslas there are, are not self-generating. There are so many lines that mean nothing. Another one is this is maybe my favorite. Every day is a birthday. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> um, that's, that's from so her. Funny. <laughs> is it uh, from the same song? Is it your birthday, girl? Because you're looking like a present. Like, okay, fine. 
That's um, it's cute. What, I mean, right. it's a it's an Instagram caption. It's for when the birthday girl comes into the room and you play the song. Yeah, and, <laughs> and she's once again very good at uh, thinking about how every single lyric is going to be using. Like, yes, she's she thinks about use case. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have maybe my favorite annoying line, which is, "That's my girl. We CEOs, and I'm dancing like a CEO." <laughs> When, when I heard that for the first, like, I, cause I did a deep dive on it again today. Like you texted me that lyric earlier today <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I did think it was from the Beyonce album that I just missed it. So, I'm you know, and Beyonce's not immune that. from no, this it, kind of shit either. But like, see, I've kind of gone full circle. I kind of love CEO now. It's so stupid. It doesn't I mean think- anything. I think coming from Beyonce, I'd like it. Coming from Lizzo, I can't really deal with it. Just she because doesn't she have, is like, so cred yet. No, and her whole thing is very like, she is so my favorite position as CEO. You know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Sure. She's so I mean, she's so girl boss. It's it's it's, it's like Target signs. Like yeah, yeah, Home Goods. I can't get too mad at it because it is like. I really just, I, I have more of like an issue with the production almost than I do with the lyrics because like the lyrics are like what they are. Mm-hmm. Like they're not great, but like she really has this niche and she's sticking to it. Fine, good, whatever. But there's nothing like besides like about the end time and to be loved, I am ready. And the thing that like, the thing that is nice about to be loved, I am ready is it's sort of like the insecure song on the album. Right. And Naked's kind of like that too, but I like, I don't like, I have a real issue with every pop song that's like, I'm naked, see me as I am. Like that kind of, like, it's just so done. It's, it's also, tired. I wrote in my notes that naked is like such an unsexy song. Like yeah. it really, it tries to do the sultry thing and it's so not. And she did a really good job on the Cause I Loved You um, there title There are a lot of track. sexy songs on that one. Yeah, there are. And like, she's 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 got a powerhouse voice and I kind of mm-hmm. wish that she had like let it loose a little bit more on this uh, album it's too. So, it's so constrained. Yeah. yeah. Everything kind of sounds like about damn time, which is not, I mean, it's just boring. I don't know. And I like about damn time, but like. I have one other lyric I need to share. You water all your plants and eat your veggies. I'm obsessed with it. And which led me to the anecdote, this is pop for people who go to therapy and talk about it too much. Yeah, (laughs) it's 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 definitely it's pop for people who are like posting about their journey, like day one of 30, like Mm -hmm. on Instagram. It's like it's, and it's very, helping people i'm sure and like that's it serves a purpose yeah it it is really like i think the kind of music that she does is like it's corny at the end yes. of the day it's corny and like it's just hard to respond to that with like without like a drop of cynicism you know like i yes. maybe and maybe that's a me problem like maybe i'm just not like receptive enough there's, I mean, to what there's she's another, trying to throw down. Another thing I realized is it's trying so hard to be earnest, but is so incredibly like phony. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If if it was earnest and corny, I think I'd have an easier time swallowing it. But it's it feels so just 
plastic wrapped. Filtering it through the filtering everything on this album through the lens of like self care too is just it is very like like I don't know it just it's artificial in a way mm -hmm. like it's really hard to buy any sort of self care affirmative product from like a capitalist machine like that I don't know if I just made any sort of sense but like I, I like I just I just I listen to something like that it feel very like like we've said pandered a lot this episode <laughs> but like I do feel just very pandered to like yeah. like spoon-fed this this it's... sense of like self-worth that I like I don't want from this source you know no. I don't want a relatable celebrity who's gonna like fly away on her private jet and not to her door dasher no I, I like I like <laughs> I like um I like a celebrity who is a recluse for six years doesn't give press <laughs> interviews um and surprise drops albums that like change the game every single time and right. some sort of like either artistic I shift or like and not to directly compare these two albums, but I think they're both trying to do very similar things. And one is a, mm -hmm. it's, it's 500% better than the other. We're, we're talking about Renaissance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I mean the break my soul, she's talking, Beyonce's talking about quitting her job and it's like, yeah. uh, obviously Beyonce is not quitting her job. It, yeah. But since like, she's not built a career out of, um, you know, I don't know it, it feels different coming from her she's really she's also like intentional with it there's no like self-care stuff on renaissance but like there's a lot of like self-love self-worth and mm -hmm. it's all filtered through an expression of joy through dancing and like but body positivity in the way that like just like being sexy and fun is inherently body positive yes. that's like her thesis and I think that is sort of something that Lizzo scratches at but like there's there's something self-improvement-y about what Lizzo's trying to do like you're a pitiable creature right now eat your veggies <laughs> water your plants um twerk eat smoothies do that Lizzo like, is CBT <laughs> she's, she's she's CBT as done by like Care Bears yeah I'm trying to think of what oh care bear care bear therapy that's care my bear therapy. I want that kind of therapy that's CBT oh that's amazing yeah. <laughs> so, what kind of therapy is Beyonce Beyonce's art therapy it's art therapy it's like and I think get it's out just to so... the club and shake your fucking ass therapy like no one wants to shake their fucking ass anymore therapy yeah like, <laughs> literally I also yeah. think it's just so easy to compare these albums because they came out in such close proximity to each other and also just just like we were comparing the Drake album to the Beyonce album, it's they we're all we're dealing with similar themes this summer in pop yeah. music. We're we're all listening to house music and talking about our mental health. And I'll just I guess I'll circle it back to the actual like production standpoint. Like compared mm -hmm. to the Drake album and the Beyonce album, which are also like dance pop albums, those two albums are doing a lot more with like 90s house and like I mean Beyonce's dabbling from like seven or eight different genres of like dance music like it's pretty crazy what she's doing right. drake was not quite that inventive but who would have expected him to be lizzo is doing this dated not well i don't yeah maybe yeah it is it's dated it's disco dated. pop because yes. so many people have done it since 
And I'm not going to give Dua Lipa all the credit for doing this, but Future Nostalgia was the first big wave of this like huge disco revival that we're doing mm-hmm. right now. The and, weekend. Like, but the weekend, yeah, the weekend's doing like pretty Blinding interesting lights. stuff though. Like, sure. oh, definitely. I mean, I more so mean like the big hits, like Blinding yeah. Lights is uh, and like very To Be Loved, I Am Ready is a that's her like Blinding Lights on this album, the like the '80s like new wavy kind of guitar pop hit. It, but like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't mind it. But like, I also think Blinding Lights is a pretty great song. And now that I've heard it like a thousand times, I'm not like. I guess I can't be too sick of it because the original formula is so good. Right. I think I just, I struggled even with the, like Mark Ronson songs and she had some other, like Max Martin, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I struggled to find any really like chewy, sticky production on this album. No, it's, it's just, it's very, very similar. And the attitude is similar. It's all, it's like, it's a nice, hug of an album but I didn't really want a hug in the first place yeah no exactly if you want a hug it's there for you yeah and some and I'm, some people so really people want do. hugs yes and I exactly. really I, I cannot stress enough like I don't want to be too negative about her because I really do like her as a celebrity and I think she has made excellent music like I said I've seen her three or four times mm-hmm. like she's in the earliest being 2015 when she was like not big at all yet she was just this like mini minneapolis like right. scuffling musician with the song on the broad city tra- soundtrack that i really yeah. liked but I, since um exactly i mean yeah i completely agree with you i don't she is the emergency i don't think she is the the crisis no. i think it's just what she kind of represents and what this her whole pop trajectory has looked like represents and means about yeah music and pop culture and what people buy and what they're putting money into and the problem with this approach is that if she ever tries to shake it up it's going to be a disaster for her you think i think so because she's just rested her entire brand now on this this very kind of narrow idea of what like positive self-care and self-affirmation looks mm-hmm. like and sa- and more importantly sounds like so yeah. if she does something like really weird or i mean like god forbid if she ever tried to do like a pc music song it would sound people would be like what the fuck is this oh yeah though? i mean i think she if she got experimental with it i think she would lose fans but she would also yeah. gain fans you know i'm i'm ready and willing to get on the lizard train when she no, gets back to and i'm not too. i'm not off the train either it's just like this album did nothing for me and i think like it would be cool if like so the last time you were here we did talk about sophie and pc music mm-hmm. a little bit if if it's okay to cry is a very positive self-affirmative song like immaterial girl like sophie made a lot of like quote-unquote self-help music too in many ways I'm sure yeah but that was very sonically interesting because Sophie was like Sophie like there was like she thought in ways that like no one has ever thought before in a musical compositional sense Mm -hmm. Lizzo could do something like that that's like these like spare glacial ballads or whatever like it's okay to cry she could do that I think she needs more interesting collaborators 
and she needs to be given like a wider yeah. range you know that I, I think right now what people are looking for from her or what her fans are looking for and probably what her label wants from her it's very narrow yeah and that's you know it's like she's almost being set up to produce this kind of same thing after like, I, I think what she times. should do now is act a little bit Mm -hmm. diversify her projects and then come back to music with the sonic left turn i would love that i mean build up goodwill i yes i i think she's such a fun celebrity and she's clearly smart and clearly just beloved yeah and so i will and this is like topical because beyonce had to do this too today but like Lizzo accidentally said an ableist oh, right. slur in mm-hmm. one of her songs, and Beyonce did too, and then they've now both re-recorded stuff to remove the lyrics. But Lizzo's apology for this was very close to the best celebrity apology I've ever read. Like, mm-hmm. she's very cognizant of, like, when she missteps, like, what the misstep was, how exactly it hurt her fandom or like the community that it hurt Hmm. and taking concrete action and accountability for it. Like it's very textbook, like what you should be doing, even just as a human being in an apology. And we don't really see a lot of that. I mean, I think someone like Lizzo, who I think her fan base is so kind of in tune with that kind of thing. Like they're watching if she messes up and they're going to think differently about her. She definitely has a whole uh, like conflict resolution team and needs to be good at this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, I, I remember when she, there was something about her doxing a door dasher. Yeah, and I a remember, few years ago. And I feel like her response to that was less graceful. So I feel like over the years she's she's learned. Yeah. She's just and had to learn a lot. It's a learning and growing experience too. Like, I mean, she also like, got mad at Pitchfork for giving her a 6.5. Oh, yeah. That was very And then this time they gave her a 6.4 and she didn't say anything. So. Exactly. Oh my God. You know, she was, yeah. You know, she got she, called she was day, see, like, She was steamed about that. Do not tweet. Private, but I'm sure it's, so, not a, it's not a great rating. Pitchfork pettiness, man. Band. I mean, so targeted. Honestly, I, like, what would you have given this album? Special? This album? Mm-hmm like a five out of ten five point zero yeah i would even go five point five no okay maybe five point five there there's merit but it's there's merit but i just think it is so down the middle of the road that i'm just giving it right like like i said i forgot i was listening to it (laughs) but whereas i thought because i love you was like a seven really yeah i I did a lot i thought it was cute I feel like maybe I think 6.5 was right that's yeah. what they gave it she definitely like she has ten, like these tendencies have always been present like the song that made me a fan of hers um let him say I think it's called mm-hmm. is a very like positive like like the course is like let them say what they're gonna say but the production was so interesting it was like post like blood orange kind of like yeah skippy 80s new wave it was cool. It was really cool. And this album doesn't sound cool. It sounds corny oh, and it's like painfully bland. uncool. Yeah. 
and she can do what she like you can do the self-care stuff and it works if you make it sound cool I agree yeah completely agree I you know she doesn't need to uh rewrite her whole formula it's just just make it a little more interesting freshen it up freshen it up all right. Well, we got to freshen it up here and move <laughs> on to our final segment. Uh, we're going to play Tear the Community Apart. Perfect. So the rules are simple. I have picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. So these songs are two one-hit wonder electropop classics Ooh. from European people. <laughs> Um, but one is from 2009 the other one is from 2012 um, but they are both like absolute tumblr era sensations so which song is better i love it by icona pop featuring charlie xcx or bulletproof by larue okay i mean it's that's easy for me okay it is i love it and it's not just because i'm a charlie stan yeah It, it really I think that song is so contagious, so electric. I it's it's almost a perfect song. It's a perfect yeah. electro pop song, I'd say. I think Bulletproof by LaRue, um, it didn't it didn't course through my veins in the same way. That's I heard it and it was kind of you know, this will tear the community apart. I was immediately annoyed by it. Okay. <laughs> you're tearing my you've broken my soul tonight a little bit I'm really sorry I I think I feel like LaRue has other songs I like but there's something about that song that I was just a little bit maybe it's my whole life I haven't liked empowerment pop maybe that's it (laughs) oh yeah I guess bulletproof is an empowerment this time baby I'll be bulletproof I don't know if that's why it annoyed me but I remember well it is very like chirpy it's chirpy I don't totally mind chirpy but it's yeah I don't, I don't know I so that that was it's an easy question. that first LaRue album was so big for me I feel and, like it was big for a lot of people yeah I, it was like a summer before freshman year of high school like find mm-hmm. I don't know I just like found on some blog one day and I was like oh this is really cool um and that's like I mean I it's it's weird that that was the big hit in the States, mm-hmm. but I just remember, I thought the music video was really cool. I thought, I mean, her hair was like so crazy and weird and like, totally. I don't know, very, I just loved it. I, I think I do agree with you that Icona Pop, or wait, no, it's I Love It. I always call that song yeah. Icona Pop. <laughs> I, I, I Love It is a better song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a better song. Bulletproof. The one I'm singing at karaoke, though, is Bulletproof. Yeah. I mean, you can do more with it at karaoke. Yeah. I feel like I love it. You're just shouting. But it does make, get the crowd going, though. Like, I was at, um, I don't know, some gay bar, like, mm-hmm. recently, and it came on. It is, it is, like, a Oh, my God. Hit. It's, it's, yeah. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I just think that song is... <laughs> it's that I I just miss that like that early 2000 or 2010s like Maximal's dance pop is just so like that song that sound should come back like Lizzo would do great with like and I love it like that's perfect I one can only hope 
I think maybe that sound is due for a comeback. Because it's just fun. It's it's also like easy to do. Like it's not exactly. Yeah. Like the, I think Lizzo just needs um, maybe some different people on her creative team. Maybe some some fewer yes men. Yes, we need to get Ricky Reed out of there. <laughs> like, what is he bringing to the table at this point? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know because like I was going down his Wikipedia like discography page the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pull it back up again, and he has like a ton of songs that I really do enjoy a lot. Um, yeah, rattles them off. Okay, so I'm going from like. 2012 2013 onward okay he did talk dirty for jason derulo which is oh my god i don't know if it's good but it's definitely it's a song yeah boss (laughs) by fifth harmony okay he has a theme sure sure good one he has a theme um he has an angle ride by 21 pilots a song that i do really enjoy in spite of how does that one go i couldn't i don't I can't uh, sing it. It's okay. Uh, 21 oh, like It was one or two. It's the hit song that's not Stressed Out. Uh, I hate Stressed Out. Okay, let's Oh, see. I love Stressed Out. See, see I, I like 21, 21 Pilots because it reminds me of Lincoln Park. Okay, sure. Yeah. I, I accept that. Okay, I'm trying to go through a lot of Megan Trainer, obviously. Oh, no. Is this song My Name's Blurry Face and I Don't Care What You Think? That's Is Stressed that a Out. One? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I hate that one, but it's the one I just said I hated. He's done a lot of stuff with Halsey. Halsey, I, I've come around on her a little. Yeah. There's some, there's some bangers. There are some bangers there. I like that new song that she did with Justin Timberlake. I mean, it's corny, but like with her, with Calvin Harris and Pharrell and mm-hmm. all of them. That's, that's a good team. It's fine. He has basically only worked with Lizzo though over wow. the past three years and then Camila Cabello interesting another yeah, I think we controversial need someone figure. else I think we need some new blood in there yeah get I don't know I mean the dream came back on renaissance like tricky like get some of those people in like get the big guns in like get the big guns if she did some like cool like ballady r&b stuff like she's really good at it like yeah getting that too I don't know. We've offered a lot of solutions here and it's up to her if she's going to take them. So Julia, thank you so much for being here. What a wonderful return. Yes. Thank you for having me. I want to come back again and again. Um, Where can people find you on social media? Um, It's Julia Gray. Okay. Gray with an A. Okay. Like, okay. And that's Twitter, right? That's Twitter. It's Instagram. It's where you can find all my stupid tweets and my writing. My website's also juliagrayok.com. Wonderful I'm- writing, it must be said. Oh, so definitely go you. check that out. Um, you can find me at fkpigs with the Z on Twitter, on Instagram at drewhaskinsdisease. And for more direct updates, follow Crisis Twink Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And with that, uh, until next time, bye everyone. Bye.